The Starry and Decisis podcast is recorded at the CFUV studio located on the unceded territory of the Lekwungen and Sanchosan-speaking peoples, including the Songhees, Esquimalt, and Wasanich nations. It is important to remember that as uninvited guests on this land, a land acknowledgement is only the beginning of our obligation to these nations. Through this podcast, we hope to show our commitment and support to all Indigenous peoples across Turtle Island, particularly those navigating the colonial institution that is law school. We honor and thank our Indigenous communities as we work, learn, and live on the land. Hello and welcome to another special mini-episode of Why Appeal on the Starry and Decisis podcast. Throughout the next few weeks, I will be interviewing different members of Appeal's editorial board, learning about the different departments and roles, and hopefully answering the ultimate question of why you should get involved with Appeal. My name is Sarah, and today in the studio, we have an interview with Vincent, a fellow member of the Podcasting and Public Relations Department. Thank you for joining us, and welcome to the podcast again. (laughs) Thank you, Sarah, for including me. This is so exciting. Yeah, it's so great to have you on the mini-series. Yeah, such a cute mini-series. I'm excited. (laughs) So um, to get started, I guess, and for those of you that haven't listened to our intro episode, you should really go do that. But um, for some of the new listeners we have for the mini-series, why don't you give us a little brief overview? Tell us about yourself. Okay, um, I am currently a 3L in the JD program at UVic Law, so it's my last year. Um, Before coming to law school, I did my undergrad in psychology, and my other major was in criminology and social legal studies at the University of Toronto. Um, Some clubs that I did in the past were PBSC in my 1L year. Um, I did a project for a temporary modular housing unit in Richmond where I helped the tenants research some, some common issues that they face, for example, trespassing. So that was a cool introduction to legal research that I've never done before. In second year, I was the vice president of UVic PALS, which is the Pan-Asian Law Student Society. Um, I was also the accessibility representative for the Law Student Society, and in that role, I did more advocacy for the student body to the administration, especially for COVID-related issues since we were going online that year. So a lot of stuff that we had to work on there. It seems like you did quite a bit in your first two years of law school. Yeah. So how did you first hear about and get interested in Appeal? I actually did the volunteer session, the editing sessions that Appeal has every year um, in 1L, and that was my first introduction to editing kind of more legal writing. So that was a cool experience. And then In second year, a lot of my friends were in appeal. Um, My friend Serena was the the business slash PR department last year, and so she told me about her experience. Um, So yeah, I just thought that it would be interesting to take part in that. Um, What about you, Sarah? Yeah, I also volunteered um, with appeal last year in my 1L year. I felt like it was a really, now that I'm in appeal on the editorial board, I felt like it was a really good low stakes sort of entry to what it would look like to be on the editorial board of appeal, regardless of the section or like department that you're in, because we all kind of do a little bit of editing. So yeah, I felt like that was good and kind of prepared me for it. And I knew I wanted to be involved in the board because it seemed like a way to break up the monotony of school and courses and stuff. So 
yeah, definitely first year was kind of my introduction to yeah. appeal at least. It was pretty cool because I've never, I mean, you never notice certain things until you actually look at something with an eye to edit it. Even just that introductory experience, I learned a lot about how, you know, how to word things to make it sound nice and all of that, the small details to look for. Now that we're both in the podcasting and public relations department, um, do you want to share with our listeners maybe um, an overview of what the department does and what your role has been in the department? So we have three people, Camille, you, and myself, and we do both public relations and podcasting at the same time. Yeah, I think what we've done in the podcasting department is uh, we initially had like a sort of like a pitch meeting between the three of us and we determined which episodes we wanted to move forward with and then we kind of assigned the three different or the different roles so we had one person do the production aspect so sort of taking the episode from conception to actually figuring out okay do we need to interview people what kinds of questions are we going to ask Um, how do we want the flow of this episode to be Um, And then we had another person kind of doing um, transcription Mm -hmm. and like helping for the editing process. Um, And then another person would take care of the actual editing. Um, Sometimes these roles were more flexible depending on who had the availability to do those things at the time. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I think I like the way that we kind of have parsed it out. Yeah, it's definitely really flexible and we definitely um, try to split it up so that not everybody is doing the same thing at once, which is helpful too for learning the skills and just practicing with how to make a podcast. Yeah, and I think um, I think for public relations too, we've kind of had a similar approach where we've divvied up the workload. Yeah, I think it's worked. It's worked out well for in public relations. You're kind of responsible for the social media and any sort of outreach that appeal has to do. So recruiting for volunteers, um, planning the launch event for the journal, and also um, in future years there might be some fundraising that will be done. So just kind of taking care of all of the events and social media aspect, which we've kind of yeah divided up depending on how many tasks mm-hmm. we have at the moment. And I think this year, again, is special because we are still in an ongoing pandemic. So there's not as many in-person opportunities. So I think that in past years, there were more event organization tasks that the PR department would have to be responsible for. In terms of the day-to-day, I feel like in first semester, we took more time learning as opposed to actually making the podcast and then in second semester is definitely full throttle we're (laughs) making our episodes and it's definitely um, a commitment yeah I think I think because podcasting is such a unique skill that not a lot of people kind of are familiar with or have experience with the first semester and I think this has even been applicable in the past too is kind of learning how to use all the equipment what to do Um, And then starting to think of episodes and like how that how that Mm -hmm. will work. So at least for me, I feel like a lot of the work has been um, loaded onto the second semester for sure. Yeah, for sure. But I feel like we come out with so many new things that we learned that I never thought that I would before this process. So yeah, yeah. And let's talk, I guess, some more about some of those skills that we've learned in in this role. So yeah, I think for podcasting, I learn a lot about editing 
um, just playing with the Audacity software that we use. I've never used it before, but it seems pretty intuitive. But just being able to actually edit it, knowing that it's going to be a real episode, I just think that is such a cool experience. Yeah, and then in terms of like the appeal course and stuff, I think that I've also personally learned a lot from that as well. Um, just being able to write like a case commentary for the course, um, and then also again, like we talked about, getting editing experience. Um, I think those have been really good, like practical skills that I've developed at least. Yeah, for sure. Um, writing that case commentary. Was my first introduction to case commentaries. It's a different legal writing skill that I didn't think I needed, but just going through that process made me think about what's important to include or not include. And also, I think that going through the author submissions and editing those, I got really good with the McGill Guide citations, like all the details.、Um, I was forced to really get familiar with them, so. And I found that helpful in my other courses too. When I was writing my paper, I just intuitively knew, just in a general sense, like how to cite. So that was really, really helpful. Yeah, we've definitely we've definitely done a lot、um, thinking back <laughs> on all of the stuff that we've learned and experiences that we've had. So, do you have any like favorite experiences, or what was your like best thing about this year with Appeal? I think that because I'm a three L and most of the other board members are from two L, I believe. I think Fran is the only other three、uh, L on the board.、Uh, it was a good opportunity for me to meet new people that I haven't met before, and obviously because of pe- the pandemic, a, a lot of our courses were online even now. So I didn't have the opportunity to actually see new faces that have come. After, after my one L, which was two years ago, crazy.、Um, but yeah, so meeting new people, doing the podcast with Sarah and Camille, so fun.、Um, I think the interpersonal aspect is definitely my favorite、uh, favorite thing about my experience so far. Also, something that I didn't think that I'd like was getting feedback about the podcast. People saying that they enjoyed it or like they enjoyed. Different parts that I thought about and did, I think I'm still chasing that high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely it's nice because it's like something that's so creative, and I feel like when you're doing these sorts of things, you're like almost letting a piece of yourself like be released into the world with it, especially. Like with the podcast, because it quite it's like your voice and、yeah. your ideas and stuff. So getting that feedback, it's definitely, it's definitely motivating. Oh, I guess another thing is being comfortable with my voice. I hated it、um, after editing my voice for like thirty minutes, but I think I feel more comfortable with it now that I've listened to it over and over again. You know what? I actually feel the exact same way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Listening, listening to myself was. I thought I would hate it, and then I was always so scared to hear myself talk. And then, like on doing editing and stuff, you get used to it, and you realize you sound different than what you think that you sound like in your、yeah. head, which I think is just an overall like good presentation tool to have, like for presentations, is knowing that even though you may feel nervous or you feel shaky, it's not necessarily how you're coming off to people. Yeah, for sure. Um. So finally, I guess just kind of like. 
wrapping everything up, wrapping up your experience, um, what are some of the reasons you think law students should get involved with Appeal? Well, from talking to a lot of the Appeers throughout my law school experience, they've all told me that um, having or being a part of a law journal is a very good thing to have on your resume just practically for any type of job because you'll be able to brush up on those legal research and writing skills that are so important. I think those skills are like central almost to like being a lawyer. So having those skills down in this process, I think would be really helpful to you in your future career prospects or even personally just being able to do your legal work more efficiently. And I've heard that having a law journal experience is also great. It looks great on your resume for clerkship applications, for example. Um, I heard that for clerkships, it's good to have a law journal, it's good to research for your professor, and it's good to moot. And so being on appeal is definitely one way to, to build on your resume for that, if you're interested. Yeah, I've definitely heard that from some of the upper years as well. Um, and I think even just like outside of the resume aspect, for me, it has been a really good thing to have like outside of school to break up. I think I like talked about this already, but to break up your normal coursework. Like I feel like even though editing and making and podcast does take time, it's time that your brain is spent doing something else other than reading, other than, you know, working on like doing like legal type work it's something that you can do that's still in the legal field and still in a similar area but it's just like a different kind of task that you like exercise different parts of your brain I agree like um, if we're talking about podcasting and PR specifically I think those are definitely creative outlets for me Um, and that's one of the reasons why um, those are probably higher up on my list Um, in terms of the positions that were available. I just think that being able to switch off your, as you said, the legal writing mindset and like doing something more creative has been really, really helpful for me and it's very fulfilling. Yeah, so um, before we go, do you have any final parting words of wisdom for students who might be interested in getting involved or applying to the Appeal Editorial Board? I think just apply. I wasn't sure if I really wanted to do a law journal position on top of my regular schoolwork. But a lot of the times, I think if you let yourself have that option, sometimes you will really enjoy the process and the outcome from that. And I think that's definitely my experience. Appeal has been really fun. And I hope that if you're interested, you should definitely just put your name in. Yeah, definitely. Like that would be the same kind of what I would say is like, don't not apply because you're uncertain about it like and certainly don't like self-select yourself out because you feel like you don't have enough experience like I was definitely concerned about my lack of experience especially in podcasting Um, but yeah it's like everything you can learn like you shouldn't just not open yourself up to the opportunity because you're worried that you won't get it yeah for sure I agree with that I think a year ago I would not expect to be sitting in a radio studio with like professional mics and using the soundboard and I being just, on spotify <laughs> yeah spotify apple music we're famous <laughs> yes and please give us a five-star rating on apple podcasts and subscribe if you can i think those really help with our with the algorithm 
Yeah, and we do have some really, really cool episodes that will be coming out um, or that have already been out, depending on when this episode is released. But um, yeah, and feel free to look up our like back catalog of episodes. And yeah, thank you again, Vincent, for coming on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Sarah, for having me on your mini series. This is great. Yeah. That's all for this episode. I'm Sarah Lachance, and thank you for listening to the Starry and Decisis podcast. We'll chat again in our next episode. Starry and Decisis is a student-led podcast at the University of Victoria Faculty of Law, affiliated with the Appeal Publishing Society and produced at the CFUV Studios. You can find us at our website, onlineacademiccommunity.uvic.ca slash starryindecisis, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.